Welcome to another episode of Lunch with the Shark. Join us as we dive deep into discussions about business, accounting, and finance to help you build a business that thrives. Now sit back and have a bite with your host, the Shark CFO, Vidal Espinosa. Well, hello, hello, good afternoon. Welcome to a new edition of Lunch with the Shark. I am your host, Vidal, the Shark CFO, Espinosa, and happy President's Day. Today we observe President's Day in the United States of America. And uh, remember, it was not, it's not actually today. Today's the observance. Uh, all the government uh, offices are uh, at every single level, federal, state, uh, county. And uh, also our offices are closed because banks are closed. And most of our operations and transactions are through our banks and through the banks of our clients and uh, we're closed uh, we are not um, operating anything for for any of our clients today uh, but we are uh, just working a little bit in our business yay uh, we take that time to to do a couple of house cleaning and uh, clean our files our emails and just handle a little bit of the um, day-to-day operation that we uh, put in the back burner uh, just to support our clients. And I have some interesting uh, facts uh, that that you're going to be, maybe you don't know them, maybe you know them. And I wanted it to actually go over and say, hey, how many presidents in the United States have had a street named after themselves and uh, because this, this was a funny uh, a funny um, thing that it came up with because I wonder if streets are going to be named or if any street is going to be named after uh, Donald Trump and I'm pretty sure that um, I don't think he's going to have a, a ship named after him an airport named after him. I'm not sure if he's going to have a library. I'm pretty sure he might not have a street named after him. Uh, Unfortunately, we cannot erase him out of history. Uh, Whether you like it or not, he was president of the United States for the last three years. Whether you like it or not, he did a good or bad job. It doesn't matter. History will... Uh, remember him for a bad president, a good president, uh, for the president who started it, an insurrection based on some people, for the president that claimed that there he was a, uh, uh, his shin was stolen, whatever it was, we are not going to be able to erase him. Uh, whether we name a street after him, who knows, right? But here's 11 straight or some random things named after a U.S. president, okay? So the first thing is that Lincoln Logs, yes, Lincoln Logs were actually named after Abraham Lincoln. Yep. Also, interesting fact, at least for me, I didn't know, is that Garfield, the cat, yes, this this comic strip and or cartoon was actually named after James Garfield, okay? And teddy bears, yes, those little plush plushes were actually named after Teddy Roosevelt. Do you guys know that? 
Another fact is that girls being named Madison, they were named after James Madison. Interesting, right? And everything named after a Kennedy, it's actually named after JFK, okay? Also, Milhouse from The Simpsons, he was actually named after Richard, guess what? Milhouse Nixon. Yes, yes. Mike and Ike's, it's actually named after Dwight Ike Eisenhower. Hmm, interesting. Warren G, possibly named after Warren G. Harding. Do you guys knew this? Those are interesting facts. Interesting facts today uh, when we celebrate President's Day. Now, also, whomever is in Canada, hello Canadians, today they celebrate Family Day. Family Day, November, uh, February 15th, November, huh? Also, we celebrate in the United States National Gum Drop Day those little uh, uh, candies. Also, we celebrate Nova Scotia Heritage Day, and, and we celebrate February 15th, Singles Awareness Day, okay? Singles Awareness Day. A day after Valentine's Day, we celebrate Singles Awareness Day. Interesting, interesting facts that I think I for for, for uh, I didn't know some of them, and uh, maybe you knew all of them. Maybe you knew some of them. Maybe you didn't. Maybe it's interesting. Maybe it's not. <laughs> so how was your weekend? Uh, our weekend was very relaxed. We actually worked a little bit on on Saturday. Uh, I was told as like, hey, you tell them. Um, to decompress, to unplug, to clear, to purge, and you're working. And I'm like, holy shit, that's true, congruency. And uh, I just worked a little bit, and I worked nothing on Sunday. Uh, we're going to have a hot day today. Uh, it's not going to be a full day today. Uh, we're just going to work a little bit more, uh, finalize our cleanup. But uh, we don't have that much to clean. Uh, we keep a very, very lean uh, operation when it comes to cleaning our emails. I actually hate when I have unread emails by the end of the day. I try to uh, clean as much as possible and uh, I leave whatever it's necessary to the end uh, when I reconcile our clients or whatever needs to be done, but I try to keep up on helping our clients resolve their problems and their issues. And this actually brings us to this week's topic, which is managing yourself. Like, how can you help others manage if you don't manage yourself, if you don't keep a good record for yourself, if you don't actually be are congruent with what you say and do? It's completely impossible. Well, not completely impossible. I shouldn't say that. It's it's not it's not congruent. That I can say. It's not congruent if you don't manage yourself accordingly, and you try to manage others. Uh, it's like 
like a, a phrase that my dad used to say, uh, you need to know how to do it before you tell somebody else to do it. Uh, you must learn first how to do it before you can say or ask someone to do it, right? So that's the same thing. If you don't manage yourself accordingly, how can you manage others? It's not impossible, as I say. There's a lot of great people out there that can actually help a lot of people and don't help themselves. Financial advisors could be one. Uh, they can have an amazing touch for the clients, but they can do a lot themselves. Accountants, they can have a mess of an office. They can have a mess of books for themselves and no taxes filed for themselves, but they can have their clients on tip-top shape. It's not our case, though, but there's, uh, there's no congruency if the accountant, bookkeeper, CPA, enroll agent, whatever you use or have, it's, it's not a, a current, so how can they help their clients, right? So today, we're gonna talk about six rules to manage yourself so you can manage others. And this goes to both ways, like managing your clients and managing your team, okay? Managing your team. Nowadays, now that we are working remotely, how can you manage your team? How can you manage yourself? It's sometimes things fall through the cracks and how can you recover from that? So seriously, if you're not managing yourself effectively, how do you expect to manage your team? Like, how is it? How is it possible? Are you just yelling and screaming at the end of the day? Hey, where's the documents or where's things? Or uh, uh, as a manager, you need to constantly grow so you can manage your team effectively. But it's also a full-time job to manage yourself. It's something you need to nail down. We've all been caught up in tasks, chores, work, etc. As human beings, we have a tendency to believe we're not going to be successful if we haven't stressed or overworked. That's, that's common, that's normal. That shouldn't be the norm though. It's a terrible stigma to overcome. When you finally reflect on all those hours you spend worrying and the long hours in the office, it's normally too late to change. Remember, whenever we are like, hmm, I don't have a lot of things to do today in my desk. Hmm. That's strange though. That's worrisome to some people. And that's probably a signal of mismanagement. How can I do it? How can I fix it? Hmm, interesting. Well, a to-do list, right? And most of the times when you have nothing in your desk, it's when you have the most pending matters or issues in your uh, uh, in your to-do list that you don't have, but it's all up here, okay? Management is something you keep learning, right? Management is something that you keep learning. You pick it up as you go and progress. You can participate in all management courses across the globe. 
and they'll always teach you the obvious skills for managing, for managing others, communicating with your team. But what about you? But seriously, if you're not managing yourself effectively, how do you expect to manage your team? So here are six rules I live by when managing myself. We must have congruency. Number one, work hard. You need to be prepared to work hard. Understand this, don't change anytime soon and be okay with it. You can't expect efficiency from your team if you aren't willing to put in the effort yourself. Organization and time management, it's essential. To be effective, you need to be ruthless with your time. Find ways to avoid procrastination if it's life's biggest time waster. Literally, if you learn to see management as I do, you'll focus better. It's work that is completed behind the scenes, not one scene as a fundamental. Look, work hard does not mean that you must be in the freaking office from sunup to sundown. That does not mean that. Work hard, it's hustle, yes. There's a saying, work smart, not hard. What we mean about working hard is learning to manage, learning to control, learning to set boundaries, learning to set time frames, learning to not procrastinate. Procrastination wastes a lot of time. If you were to do an analysis of the time spent on things that are not relevant or shitty things or just, just wasting time, you'll be surprised that your 40-hour week could have done or could have, could have been turned into two eight-hour days. Yes. And, and I gave you an example last week from somebody that I met with and then they wasted or they spent learning three whole days on how to fix their computer. That's procrastination. In their mind was like, oh my God, I'm trying to save the company on them buying me a new computer. Dude, you wasted three days of your time, of my money, you're an expensive individual in the company of trying to fix your computer instead of, hey, my computer broke down. I need a new computer, $1,500 versus $800 that I wasted it on your time. On, on then I'm going to waste more time and then you're, you're not going to waste more time. You're going to have to invest overtime that I'm going to have to pay to catch up on those three days that you spend researching on how to freaking fix your computer, or the average 40 hours a, month, a, a, a year that you're gonna have to research and invest on doing your own books and doing your own accounting and doing or your own taxes. And uh, yes, uh, have you read all these books? Have you read them? Do you know them? Have you memorized them? Do you even understand them? Do you even understand what the word means, the paragraphs means? No, you don't. No, you don't. Then you already spent 80, 40 hours of learning something that you have no freaking desire on doing so. Be healthy. Number two, 
Often, working hard means being busy. Too busy sometimes. It's hard to prioritize when you need to manage first or consistently. Your health might seem like starting the obvious. But how many times have you skipped lunch to finish a task? Your health should come first if you're wanting to live a long life. What's the point of working hard, earning a shitload of money, and having a shitty life in the short lifespan? I could sit and list general advice, but the main one I think you should consider is your state of worry. Mental health is just as important as your physical. Start to recognize when you can't control or change something, accept and adapt to situations. Mental health. First of all, your physical health, it's very important. Do not skip lunch, do not skip breakfast, do not skip dinner. Trust me, last five years or so, I skipped lunch, I just had dinner, and after dinner, went to bed, and gained a shitload of, of weight. My health was shitty high cholesterol, high blood pressure, uh, uh, kidney problems, according to the doctor, and my lab results, shit like that. I said, you know what? One day I was fed up and I took matters into my own hand and I decided to get gastric bypass, not bypass, gastric sleeve, and I lost 210 pounds. And guess what? The human body is amazing. It recovered in less than six months. After my first six month uh, uh, labs, everything was back to normal. As, uh, as if I had 18 years. The human body is amazing. But what's the most important thing? Mental health. If you're overstressed, if you're overworried, it's all about things that you cannot control. If you stop worrying about things that you cannot control, you can't. There's a shitload of things in your business that you have no control over it. Stop worrying about it. Whenever you learn that things are not because of you, things are not about you. Clients don't get worried, don't get upset at you. It's not about you. Whenever you learn about that, then your mental health, it's going to start to recover. Okay? So don't overstress about things that you cannot control. Number three, speak the truth. Rightly so, honesty is the best policy. However, you don't just start laying in on thick, uh, thick all the negative throughout you might have of somebody. Okay? So, most people learn from a young age, if you don't have anything nice to say, then don't say anything at all. This still applies, though, all through life. Just don't mind. You won't be hated for saying how you truly feel, but you might be known for it. Better to know for being blunt than a liar. People, I tell it as it is. I don't go around the bushes sugarcoating shit.
here. All my life, I have come across as a very cocky, very preppy, very uh, snobby individual. I really don't fucking care, right? People don't know me. If I come across like that, it's because I speak the truth. I am confident to a certain degree because I used to be very uncomfortable on, on who I was because of my appearance. Now I'm more comfortable than ever and I don't freaking care, right? And I tell it to your face as it is with education, etiquette. And obviously I don't tell you unless you have fed me up. It's like you're a, an asshole, but I say it politically, right? I said it to you and I say, I've told multiple clients of ours, you are the problem. Get out of your business, let your team handle it because otherwise you're gonna flunk or you're gonna kill your business again. We revive it. Yes, we revived your business. Obviously with your help uh, of your team members, not you. And those are my best clients up to today. The ones that I've spoken and the ones I've told them the truth as it is. New clients come to me and say, hey, you know what? You are the first one who has told me this and this and this and that. Why others haven't told me this? Well, because others are kissing just your ass. They're kissing your butt to earn your business. I don't care about your business. Who cares most about your business? You or me? It has to be you. I care about your business, yes. But who has to care more about your business than you, right? So don't listen to people that are just kiss-ups. Yes, sir, no, sir. Oh, your business is amazing while your business is dying. Number four, sharing, it's caring. We share everything we know. Same applies between every individual team member and management and directors in your company. The more you give out, the more they'll give you in return. Some people make the mistakes of believing their intellectual competes among their colleagues. So you would hold information from your individual team members and management. How has that pan out for you? Oh, no, no, no. This information is very confidential. I'm not going to divulge to my executive team that I'm having negotiations with this company so they can become either a client or we can partner up, blah, 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 blah. That's a shitty mentality. Maybe don't disclose or divulge all confidential information that you've signed and agreed on non-disclosure agreements, but do share that you're looking for this opportunities or hypotheticals. You'll be surprised when you share that much information, how bested your team members will become, how trustworthy you will seem, and how willing they will become to share their information, to share their knowledge, to share their point 
so you can make your right decision. Number five, be decisive. No one likes to be around someone who sits on the fence, especially if you're a manager. You need to be someone who will keep and take the leap. There'll be times when you will be wrong, but you never know what will happen. That's the beauty of it. Make a difficult decision can be easily tackled. Take all the facts and process them. Ask those around you for some advice. Listen to that gut feeling and your intuition. Finally, have the courage to make it. Be decisive. Nobody hates, nobody hates more than people that don't make decisions and drag their feet for a long, long time. It's a yes or a no. Oh, you know what? Uh, your fees are too expensive. Let me think about it. And you try to negotiate and negotiate and negotiate and negotiate. And then a year comes around and then uh, you have a year that you need to be prepared for uh, your accounting, your taxes, compliance, blah, 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 blah. And you just track your feed because you don't want to make a decision because you think you're going to make the wrong decision because you think you can get a cheaper uh, services, but then your return would be get a $4 million refund and then you're going to be audited. And then you see, you don't make decisions, but you don't make decisions because you're afraid of making them. You're afraid of making the wrong decision and you never make the decision. That's the wrong decision, not making a decision. not making decisions, it's the wrong decision. But because you're afraid of making the wrong decision, how can you change that? The problem here is that one, you have wrong data. Two, you seek opinions, not advice. Advice is expensive. And wrong advice, it's more expensive. Wrong advice doesn't mean cheap advice, but it's the opinions that you tailored to your own satisfaction. Those are cheap advice. And number six, enjoy yourself always. As soon as you stop enjoying it, you lose your passion. To do anything well, you need to have the passion for it. Rather than question, is this really what I want to do? Focus on finding the pleasure in a job well done. In a chaotic world, you need to recognize and celebrate those little victories. It's about balance. Not work life balance, but the balance in work. Learn to pinpoint the time when you have to be serious. For the majority of the time though, find humor in most situations. You might notice you've been enjoying yourself a whole lot more. When your job or when your work starts being tedious, starts being monotonous, start you start dreading Oh my God, it's Monday. Oh my God, it's Monday. Thank God it's Friday. You're in serious problems. To me every day, it's a Monday. 
I really enjoy coming to work. I, I don't work. I enjoy what I do. I enjoy, I enjoy planning. I enjoy uh, uh, playing that chess game that to me in my head, it's every single client of mine. I enjoy thinking of new strategies and saying, hey, shit, instead of them, instead of them going through this uh, uh, strategy, let's apply this strategy. And it's a game for me. I enjoy every single freaking day that I come to my office. I laugh. I laugh uh, 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 through thoughts that I have, uh, uh, conferences that I have, uh, emails. Uh, like, it's fun for me. And I don't laugh at my clients. I actually love laugh with my clients. I think about how can I help them? Uh, how can I help new clients? I think about their train of thought about their email to us. And I think how they're going to perceive my email back to them. It's, it's interesting. I enjoy it. So that's why every Friday I tell you refocus, refocus, refocus. You must have, you must fall in love with your company, with your job, with your business every single freaking day. We are humans. We tend to look at other, at other things. It's like dogs. Their time spam or their spam attention time, it's so short. Ooh, ooh, look, uh, peanuts. And then two seconds later, it's like, oh, look, another dog. And then another second later, oh, look, there's, there's my, 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 uh, my, my friend or whatever it is. And we are like that. We need to be focused in the big picture we need to fo be focused on that carrot at the end of the week at the end of the month at the end of the year whatever your goals are do you have a goal a true goal is it big enough that you do not dread to go to work every single freaking day just some food for thought so today we're going to end up today's show with a quote from Catherine Fake. She was the co-founder of Flickr. Flickr is a managing hosting and video uh, uh, service. So she said, so often people are working hard at the wrong things. Working on the right thing, it's probably more important than working hard. Yes, it is. Working on the right thing it's worth, it's worth, it's more important than working hard. Don't work hard. Work hard, yes, hustle. Work for excellence. Aim towards excellence, not perfection. Don't waste time. Don't procrastinate. Procrastinate kills a shitload of companies. It's been great seeing you today. Uh, I'll be back in the office tomorrow, uh, 9 a.m. sharp Pacific Standard Time. See you tomorrow. Bon appetit. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Lunch with the Shark. If you would like to set up a consultation with the Shark CFO, Vidal Espinosa, visit his website www.invictus-advisors.com and don't forget to subscribe on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and LinkedIn.